One minute, seven, twenty is a bit. Thirty. Seven, eight, thirty. He bids again, forty. Fifty. Fifty, he bids again. Are you up to it? Hello. And welcome to the first Brick Property Podcast. Episode six. My name is KM. I'm the director of First Brick Property Buyers Agency and the co-host of the First Brick Property Podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to bring a casual style show to discuss all things property, with education being the key. Our episodes will range from discussing a variety of topics to having special guests who can share insights into the property world. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned investor, we believe the show will be able to further your knowledge and really remove any barriers to getting involved in the exciting and fun world of property. Today I'm joined by my better looking co-host, Henny Rojdi. How are you, my friend? Pretty good. I might keep coming on this show just for the compliments. Right. It's, uh, it's not a compliment. It's, it's what's <laughs> real. We've got, a, got, we've got a person watching us from the corner. He also agrees. <laughs> he thinks you're the better looking guy. So, yep. He said, he said yes with his hands. I'll take that action. Yeah. <laughs> um, today I thought we might talk about a very important topic. It's a topic everyone has a viewpoint on. Everyone's got an opinion. Sometimes it's a bit controversial. Um, I guess it's the great property debate. Absolutely. Positive gearing versus negative gearing. You up for it? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Cool. We'll get stuck into it. We'll get into it straight away. Um, I guess we'll probably start by defining what positive and negative gearing is for anyone that hasn't heard of the terms before. Um, Henny, do you want to let them know what positive gearing is? Yeah. Okay. So very simply, positive gearing is when you make more money from your investment property than your outgoings. So you're ultimately in a net profit position. So your rental income will cover your loan repayments, uh, your council rates, whatever other expenses you may have. And at the end of the month and then at the end of the year, you have more money in your pocket than your outgoings. Negative gearing is the complete opposite of that. It's when you're in a net loss position. So the rent that you receive doesn't cover all the loan repayments or the council rates or the maintenance and all of those costs. So at the end of the month and then at the end of the year, um, you're out of pocket a certain amount of dollars and therefore you're in a net loss position and that's what negative gearing is. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, just on that point, uh, just to note, sometimes people when they calculate if it's positive or negative gearing, they only look at um, loan repayments. They don't actually take into account interest and maintenance and other fees that you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on how you want to calculate it. Obviously, the more accurate way is to take into account all the costs that you've mentioned. Um, just be- all right, so we've defined what positive and negative gearing is. Um, let's discuss, I guess, the advantages and disadvantages of both. Yeah. Um, I'll start with the advantages of negative gearing. So probably the number one advantage that everyone, I guess, is um, familiar with and, and the main reason that people choose negative geared properties is tax deductions. So common reason investors choose it is that it allows you to claim tax deductions related to the expenses you incur. So you can reduce your rental shortfall and ultimately reduce your taxable income through negative gearing. So tax deductions is the main advantage. Um, the next main advantage, I guess, is capital growth. So assuming the strategy goes to plan for people that look at negative gearing, um, the capital returns from the property will eventually outweigh the borrowing levels and costs to create wealth for investors at sale. Um, more of, more affordable for tenants is, um, I guess, an advantage of negative gearing, in the sense that it can be easier for a tenant, it can be easier to secure a tenant for the long term, um, as the rents are obviously 
a bit lower. The caveat is that if the purchase price is really, really high, you might still have high rent, but as the percentage is lower, it's still negative geared. Um, so it still might be unaffordable or not as easy to uh, secure tenants. Um, and probably the, the next point, the last point for the advantage of negative gearing is it's less volatile. So unlike a property in a regional area, which may rely heavily on particular employment industries to drive up demand, um, these properties rely on a variety of factors and can be less volatile investment. Um, I would just make a point on the first point that you made about the tax deductions. So basically, usually what happens is people have a loss throughout the year and then um, they lodge their tax return and they get a bit of a refund because they're in that loss position. What a lot of people don't know who are in this position is you can uh, withhold, change, you can vary the tax that, be, that gets withheld from your pay throughout the year. So instead of getting a big refund at the end of the year when you lodge your tax return, you can um, just pay less tax during the year. It is very important to speak to your accountant if you do plan on doing something like that, but the option is there. And you've just got to lodge a form with the ATO where they withhold less tax during the year. It means you have to forecast the loss that you expect at year end. Um, but it is an option for people that do negative gear throughout the year. Yeah, that's a great point. That's the uh, tax man talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to go through the disadvantages? Yeah. Um, so budgeting may be needed um, because obviously you're in a lost position. So you may, be a, you may need to budget for the ongoing shortfalls. Also, when the property is sold for profit, the tax man does collect uh, some tax on the capital gain because it is an investment property. The next point is it's a long-term strategy. It's a longer-term wealth creation strategy. So if your circumstances change and a sale is necessary, um, it may not work out favorably for you. And probably the last disadvantage for negative gearing is that it is a high financial risk. If in the instance you were to lose your job um, would you be able to maintain the costs that are involved, especially because you're in a lost position? So make sure you have a plan in place um, and ensure that you're prepared, for example, income protection and insurance policies. Yeah, great. I'll, I'll add to that as well. The financial risk is maybe not financial risk, but it can impact your future borrowing. Um, so when, when banks look at giving you a loan, um, they're not just looking at how much equity or how much um, borrowing power or oh, they are but when they when they're assessing it they're also looking at can you service the loan and if you're in a negative gear state which means you're losing money on a particular property they're going to look at that and say you're losing this much on this property you're going to be losing this much on the next property will you be able to pay off both yeah. and it can inhibit your borrowing power for future acquisitions it can slow down your um your property acquisitions in that sense um so we'll talk about positive gearing. Uh, the advantages of positive gearing, I guess the biggest one there is the increased income. So you benefit by receiving uh, an income from the property and not having to be out of pocket. So you can even use this to make additional payments into your mortgage um, and own your own, own home sooner. Or just as we're touching on the last negative for disadvantages, uh, for, for the last disadvantage for negative gearing, it can also help you with your borrowing power and your serviceability for your next property. Um, less risk. So if your income circumstances change, so if you were to lose your job, then the income will cover the cost of the investment. You're less likely to need to sell under pressure and potentially unfavorable conditions. Um, it, 
allows for a balanced portfolio. So some investors may use a positively give property to balance their portfolio using the additional income to pay for shortfalls of other negatively geared properties. And lender attractiveness. So what I already spoke about, the additional income can increase your attractiveness to lenders for additional loans. Um, the disadvantages, Henry, do you want to go through it? Yeah, so the first disadvantage, and I think people really should change their mindset and not classify this as a disadvantage, but the first one is that it's taxable. Just like any form of income, the income you earn from a positively geared property is taxable, but keep in mind it means that you're making a profit and that's why you're paying tax. Uh, the second one is slower long-term growth. Often, but not always, a positive cash flow investment can be located in a reg- regional area rather than capital cities, which commonly, but not always, sees less sees less or slower capital growth. And the third point is that it may be more volatile. These properties may be largely dependent on particular industry of employment, which can make it subject to greater volatility um, should employment factors weaken. Yeah, so I think you can see that the disadvantages and advantages kind of are just flipped for for both positive and negative gear. Um, so we've discussed both of them. And I think, like you mentioned, with the, the disadvantage of positive gear, the, the tax um, might be a myth. And I think it might yeah. be might be a good idea that we... Let's talk about some myths, I guess, associated yeah. to both of these... Um, these states and let's see if we can expel some so positive gearing i mean a lot of people think you can't get positive geared properties anymore and and the simple answer is you can um you just have to look um might not be able to find them in sydney anymore um but regional areas or, or other areas such as brisbane brisbane right now you know rents are very very good in brisbane yeah property prices aren't too high so um often more often than not you're positively geared if not at least negatively uh, at least neutral neutrally geared yeah. um so you can definitely get positively geared properties um but you just have to look out for them look and that is really important to consider the different markets and the changes in the markets because i remember at one point if you were buying a property in sydney the very basic calculation was if you spend five hundred thousand dollars you should expect to get five hundred dollars a week in rent yeah. Now, those days are long gone now, Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't get that sort of return somewhere else or even better. Um, and that's why it's really important to consider the changing market and just expand your scope. Just because you live in Sydney doesn't mean you have to get a property in Sydney. Correct. So we've spoken about that on previous episodes as well, about being borderless investors. And um, it's very important, especially because, you know, everyone's financial situation is different and 500000 in Sydney might not get you much. 500,000 outside Sydney can get you a lot. Yep. So um, just depends on your position, your financial position, your goals and your time frame, I guess. So good point there. I think the other myth with positive liquid properties is you can't get a positive liquid property that's going to give you capital growth as well. Um, this is just a massive myth, um, completely incorrect. You can, and just like we mentioned before, you just have to look. So... Different different markets have different data points and have different, um, I guess, reasons why they they work and don't work. Again, Sydney um, itself is not going to get you the highest rent, um, but it will give you capital growth. And and another market might give you really good capital, uh, really good rent, and not much capital growth. There are definitely markets where you can achieve both for sure. So that's just a myth that. I guess it's a myth. Yeah. It's completely incorrect. (laughs) 
Do you same, have any more? Yeah. No, same thing goes for negative gearing. Um, it's got its own myths associated with it as well. Uh, the first one is that negative gearing is a good long-term strategy. And the short answer is no, for two <laughs> reasons. Um, the first is you're losing money. Yes, you're saving tax, but at the end of the day, you're still losing money. So just because you're, think about it as, you know, you lose a dollar on your investment so you can get 50 cents back in tax, you're still short, you're still losing money. Um, and over the long term, by nature, as you, pay for, as you pay a property down, rent increases, your repayments eventually get to a point where your rent is more than your repayments. It eventually does become positive. Yeah, so just moving, uh, you know, staying with what you're saying there, I guess the biggest myth is that it saves me money. Yeah. Um, which which you pretty much said really well with that little example of, you know, losing a dollar to get 50 cents back. Um, we'll probably, we'll, we'll speak about this for this point with an example to really hone that you're not actually saving money in the, in the long term. Um, we might just jump into that example. So this is a very basic uh, bare bones example. Um, there's a lot of factors that we've taken out of it just for the simplicity, just to really, um, I guess, emphasize the point here. Um, so let's say someone's you know, taxable income is 100000 a year and um, they purchase a home and their repayments, when you look at their repayments and you look at the amount of rent they're bringing in, um, after after the rent after the rent and the repayments are looked after, you're up three thousand dollars or three thousand two hundred dollars a year, for example. Um, that means we add the three thousand two hundred to your taxable income because it is income, so you got to pay tax on it, which means you're about one hundred three thousand uh, dollars of income for that year. After you pay tax um, of about twenty five grand, you're taking home seventy seven and a half thousand dollars a year. If we look at the flip side, if, if you're losing money and your rent isn't covering your repayments, um, if we, we look at a similar scenario, again, 100000 a year income and you're losing two grand a year from the property, that means your taxable income is only going to be $98,000. Um, that's because you've saved, uh, theoretically saved, two grand in tax from your losses. So you'd pay a little bit less in tax, just over, just under 24000 But your take-home is also under 75000 So in that situation, the person that's paying more tax is making seventy-eight grand, and the person paying less taxes is making seventy-four grand. So you can see here that, I guess, despite one scenario, you're saving two grand in tax, you're also taking home less money. Um, again, this example is very simplified, and there are a lot more factors to it, but it's just to illustrate and maybe dispel belief that positive agreed properties aren't great, or perhaps the belief that you save more money from a negative gear property. At the end, one is making you lose money, and one is making you more money, despite paying more tax. I mean, if you pay more tax, you're usually making more money. Is that correct, taxman? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to ask people really simply to really simplify this. Would you rather make 70 grand a year and pay less tax, or make 100 grand a year and pay more tax? What would you choose? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Would you run a business at a continuous loss? You wouldn't. Very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to. And that's a, that's a good point. I mean, property investing is a business, right? It's um, it's not a hobby. You are you are running your own business 
investing in property and and you don't want to be losing money from your from your business you know if you're running a restaurant you're not operating to lose money yep. same thing with property so and look there's definitely always going to be tax factors that you need to take into consideration but you shouldn't it shouldn't be the sole purpose for investing in property you're also looking at um, additional income you're looking at wealth creation you're looking at creating equity it shouldn't just be I'm just going to make this tax loss for the rest of my life and I'm just going to keep you know claiming tax refunds every year and I've got an investment property you know obviously there are tax considerations that you should take into account but losing money shouldn't be the sole focus of your investment which yeah, is effectively what you're doing correct if, if negative gearing is your only strategy correct so I think with negative gearing, you know, something that we like to say is it's negative gearing is a moment in time um, and it can be beneficial uh, in certain situations, but it is definitely not a long-term strategy. Yeah. So if your long-term strategy is to purchase a bunch of negatively geared properties and save tax, that is not a good strategy. Um, not for the long term. Not for the long term. Yeah, correct. Um, as always, this is general advice. <laughs> you should yeah. always discuss with your accountant and financial advisor. Um, if you're interested on how we made some of those calculations um, when we're doing that example, um, the Property Calculator Australia app, you know, I mentioned it most episodes because it's a fantastic app. Everyone that we speak to, all the guests use it. Um, real quick, if you're not using it and you want to make sure your numbers are all good, download the app, Apple, Apple Store, Android, it's, it's everywhere. Free to use, um, really simple and you can just work out your payments really quickly and know what your rent's going to be and work out if you're going to be positive or negative. Um, yep. Also, the ATO tax calculator online can help you work out how much tax you're paying real quick. I'm not a genius. I use the calculator online yep. to figure that out. Yep. Um, I think that wraps it up for, I guess, a brief introduction to positive and negative gearing. Did you yep. have anything else you wanted to add to that? No, I think that's it. There is definitely a lot more to it, but I guess if people have questions, they can send them through and, and we can definitely do a more detailed episode on this because yep. there is a lot more that we can talk about. Yeah, for sure. So I guess the purpose of this episode was just to introduce positive and negative gearing to people who perhaps haven't heard of it or just know the basics. Um, we'll definitely do a deeper dive in another episode. So there you have it all. That's the sixth episode of the First Brick Property Podcast. It's come to an end. Um, I, that was fun. I enjoyed it. And and I hope you guys learned the difference between positive and negative geared properties, the benefits of both, and hopefully it can help you make a more informed decision next time you're looking at properties. Um, you can find all our content on social media pages, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and just search First Brick Property and we'll come up there. Um, if you have any topics you'd like to discuss on the podcast um, or have any questions around this episode, or, or any other questions, we'll definitely we're looking at doing a Q&A episode soon. So please send us a message on our socials or email us at hello at firstbrick.com.au. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode on whatever um, platform you're listening to us on. And if you want to give us a rating, preferably a five star, please <laughs> do. If you want to leave a comment about my co-host, please do. Um, only good comments. Only good comments. <laughs> um, and past the pod movement continues. If you know one person that you think this podcast would benefit, um, let them know. Pass the pod on. Hashtag it. Hashtag pass the pod. Thanks, Annie. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. No worries. Buying property is our passion. Helping you do it is our mission. Thanks. Thanks.